You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And Ian, first podcast of the second half of the season. So the All-Star break is behind us. It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, chatted, so we can do some catching up. And, of course, the trade deadline only about 10 days away. So... Plenty of time still for teams to make moves, including the Red Sox. But as we record this podcast on Thursday afternoon, it's the first place Boston Red Sox as they've come out of the the gate in the second half playing good baseball. Um, They've kind of gotten what they need when they need it. And and the case on Wednesday night was they didn't exactly get the ideal first start in a in a Red Sox uniform for Drew Pomerantz. He was spotted an 8-0 lead, but he couldn't get out of the fourth inning. But Hanley Ramirez to the rescue. Three home run effort. Uh, Great performance for him. Um, But let's start with Pomerantz. Overall, obviously, that's not what you were looking for. He looked good for three innings. But the fourth, it was something that we just keep seeing from Red Sox starters, the big inning. Yeah, you know, I think what really one thing that really hurt Pomerantz last night was uh, this Giants team. I think he'd already faced them three times this year, and that's just a, a tough thing to face the same team that many times in a short window of time. And you know, everything going on with it being his first start with the Red Sox, first start at Fenway, and everything. Um, I think that just caught up with him a little bit, and I think we'll get a better indicator of where he's at. Uh, you know, when he say, I think he's, he's going to face the Tigers next time he takes them out. So I take uh, yesterday with a little bit of a grain of salt. He said, you know, he said after the game, you know, that's not me, the guy you saw. So uh, no need to put up to the uh, panic button just yet. I don't think, like I said, I don't think that was the best best matchup for him for his first start with Boston. Yeah, when you switch leagues, you don't expect to see a team that you've already seen that many times in your old division, but that's the way it panned out. He also had to cope with the fact that the Red Sox were wearing, I, in my opinion, Ian, I, I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but but the ugliest uniforms of their 100-plus year history is those mid-'70s pullovers, and that's what they went with. And, and I, I'm, I'm happy they got a win with those uniforms, but those are awful. Yeah, not a big fan of the uh, 1975 uh, throwbacks there. I mean, you see them over and over again because, of course, Carlton Fisk hit the home run with that yeah, uniform yeah. on, so they'll always be part of the Red Sox history. But I'll uh, I'll go with the button-up shirts uh, any day over those. All right, the Pomerantz deal. Uh, the Red Sox have been busy since we last talked. They've made yeah. numerous trades, Ian. But let's start with that one because they needed to add a starter. Um, they do. And, and when this move happened, I think there was, it was kind of split. It was like, hey, we got Drew Pomerantz. He's an all-star this year. This year, we'll see how that that kind of goes forward. They gave up a decent amount to get him. When you talk about Anderson Espinosa, the number one pitching prospect in the organization, but a guy in the low levels of the organization, still years away from the big leagues. When you saw this trade on paper, what was your first reaction? My first reaction is, boy, Dave Dombrowski and John Henry and uh, Tom Warner, these guys really want to win this year because you don't make a move like that. Um, sacrificing the best pitching prospect in your organization unless you really want to win uh, right now. Uh, at the same time, they looked at at uh, Espinosa. He's 18 years old. It's still hard to get a read on exactly how good he's going to be. So it's a calculated risk for you to make a deal like that. But they really like Pomerantz. They did a lot of work on him. Uh, they're very comfortable with who he is as a pitcher. And you know they control him, I think, for two more years after this one. So they like that, uh, that control cost that they have. With Drew, but yeah, the uh, the acquisition costs were was high, um, but you know we'll just have to see how that pans. That was a risk they were willing to make because they they didn't think they were going to go out 
go anywhere this year unless they got another bona fide starting pitcher, and they believe they got that in, in uh, Drew Pomerantz. And, of course, the fears for Pomerantz are, hey, this is a guy that was pitching in a pitcher's park in the National League this year, uh, and he goes to the American League in, in the East with his, a bunch of hitters' ballparks. Um, but then on the other side of it, Here's a guy that was once a top five overall pick. He was a top prospect in the game, and he kind of had a rough go of it because he kept getting moved around. He had to pitch in Colorado after getting traded over from the Indians, and he was good in Oakland a year ago pitching, pitching out of the bullpen. So I think I think there's reason to be optimistic as a Red Sox fan, certainly, that, that this is just the year he's figured it out and he's going to be yeah. good going forward, and we will certainly see. Uh, so he's there to help the rotation, obviously, Ian. And then Brad Ziegler came in to help a bullpen that who knew when they <laughs> it needed as much help as it does right now because the, suddenly Ziegler looks like he's going to be closing games. Koji Uihara goes to the DL now. Uh, they do get Tazawa back, I guess, for the weekend, hopefully. But but this bullpen suddenly kind of in shambles, and that Ziegler move looks even better now than it did when they made it. Yeah, no, I love love the move for uh, for Brad Ziegler, and you know, didn't really give up. Uh, Anybody who was considered an A-level prospect in that deal, and yeah, I mean, in hindsight, God, I mean, well, they made the trade was already in motion, um, and it just happened to get announced and consummated the same night that Craig Kimbrell got hurt uh, and had to have knee surgery, and then you know, then you had the Tozawa hiccup, and now uh, you know Koji's hurt, so the trade really couldn't have come at a better time. And the Red Sox are not only going to be asking a lot from Ziegler, but also uh, Matt Barnes, who got out of a bases loaded, nobody out jam. In that Wednesday night game against the Giants, they're going to need a lot from him. And guys like Heath Henry and, and Robbie Ross Jr., they're going to need uh, different guys to step up in that bullpen right now to keep this team afloat until uh, Kimbrell comes back and until uh, Koji's probably going to be out in about a month. And how about Joe Kelly, Ian? Is that another guy that can help? He's down in the minors, and I guess he's pitched very well pitching out of the bullpen. Um, is there hope that, that Joe Kelly can come back to this big league club in, in a relief role and, and be a real late-season fine for this team, basically? Yeah, absolutely. That's the hope for Joe Kelly is that he's going to come out throwing uh, that 98-mile-an-hour pitch uh, you know, in the bullpen over shorter stints, and it's going to be that much more dangerous. He can still work in some of the secondary stuff and just not have to go through a lineup three or four times anymore. Just go through a lineup once, and they think that they can make him um, a much better pitcher. And uh, Joe Kelly, I really think they're going to need him here, especially with some of these injuries. You know, I think uh, it won't be long. You know, I'd say especially, definitely by the trading deadline when you probably get rid of a Clay Buckholz by then, um, I think that you'll have a spot for Joe Kelly and, and you're on your roster by that time. So they've added Pomerantz, they've added Ziegler, they added Aaron Hill, which is a nice piece to, to have on the team as well, coming off the bench and, and being able to play different par- parts and different roles. Um, but there's still some time to go before the deadline. Is, is Dave Dombrowski done? Uh, what's left to do if he's not? Yeah, no, I think he's still looking for some pitching help and definitely, uh, you know, in the bullpen, he's trying to see what he can get. You know, I think they feel pretty good, reasonably good with their starting rotation now. You know, they'll, they'll watch what, uh, what Eduardo Rodriguez does, um, you know, his next couple starts. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll, they'll definitely look for another reliever for sure now with this recent rash of injuries they had in the bullpen. Uh, Ian, you tweeted on Sunday, and, and it's a theme that, that we've kind of gone back uh, and forth with all season long on the podcast and, and in general, David Price's inconsistencies. But you tweeted on Sunday, David Price has been beaten by a lot of other number one starters this year. And I thought that was kind of fitting because 
he's been great at times. There's no question. And then he's been inconsistent at other times. But but you need him to step up. They had a chance on Sunday to sweep the Yankees. It was a good series overall anyway. But he gets beat by Tanaka, and he gets beat by by another team's number one, like you said. Um, and, and after the game, he, he always takes the blame, and he always says, you know, it's on me. i got to get this figured out. But I thought it was interesting that he said, I know you guys are sick of hearing that because I feel like everybody kind of is at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, he does, You know, he is being paid like a guy who should be able to best the other team's number one guy, whether it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, whether it's Madison Baumgartner or whether it's, Tillman, or whether it's uh, Tanaka last time, he's he's lost some of these games on one pitch, and often it hasn't been to uh, you know to the other team's best player. He's kind of gotten careless and given up a home run to somebody he shouldn't give up a home run to. So he just needs to be um, a little a little finer, just a little bit better. You know, for the most part, he's pitched well the last few weeks, and he's just got to uh, you know he's just got to take it up a little bit of a higher level right now. One more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Ian, and that is uh, the Red Sox did come to an agreement. They signed Jason Groom, their their first-round pick, and obviously a guy who was a number-one overall pick-type talent that fell to the Red Sox because of concerns about his maturity and and things like that. But they did get him signed, and and that was not a sure thing. And it it didn't go down to the last hour, but it went down to the last 36 hours or so before they got it done. My question for you is that deal kind of came to be the same day they pulled the trigger on the Pomerantz deal. Would they have been willing to part ways with Espinosa if Jason Groom wasn't going to sign? Because it seems like as far as your minor league system and your prospect depth, Groom kind of takes on that role as 18-year-old high-end prospect. Yeah, Tim, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think it was a coincidence that those – you know those two events happen on the same day, and uh, you know, I'm not sure they would have been willing to give up an Espinosa uh, in that Pomeranz trade if they didn't know they had another kind of guy coming in that same day who might be might end up being better than Espinosa, um, a lefty, 17 years old, uh, looks like a, a future number one pitcher. So I, you know, I do think that it made it easier to justify the Pomeranz trade, saying you know no harm, no foul. We traded Espinosa. We just got this other guy, Jason Groom, who might be even better. Yeah, and uh, Jim Callis, you talk about comps all the time, and Jim Callis talking about Groom says that it's possible that if this guy gets it together mature-wise and puts it together, he could be the best pitching prospect developed by the Red Sox since Roger Clemens. So high praise from our prospect guys and certainly a guy with high ceiling, but just a teenager right now, so a few years away we will have to see. All right, great stuff as always, Ian. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.